What's up, world? I'm Cameron McCain. This is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Motherless Brooklyn and Hustlers. But first, let's talk about Motherless Brooklyn, directed and starring Edward Norton. Here's a quick synopsis. In 1957, private detective Lionel S. Rogg is investigating the murder of his mentor and in the process learns the truth about the power structure of New York City and finds out that one man has control of the entire city. I really like this movie and I knew going in I was going to like it because I do like neo-noir movies. And you know what else I like? I like Ed Norton. I think he is one of the best actors we've got going right now. I mean, he's been so good for so long. Can't discuss the movies of the 90s without mentioning the name Edward Norton. I mean, he was so prominent that decade. I mean, Primal Fear is the best first performance I've ever seen from an actor. Then you've got The People vs. Larry Flint. You've got Fight Club. You've got the underrated Rounders. You have American History X. Even now, he's still working with some of the best directors. I mean, he's phenomenal in Birdman. He's really good working with Wes Anderson. He's been in three of his films. He's going to be in the next one, French Dispatch. I mean, he's just picking quality over quantity. I think that's what happens with movie stars. When they begin a career, they're in a ton of movies. I mean, Edward Norton was in a ton of movies. All those ones I talked about in the 90s, and they're all great. But then he started to be in like movies like The Italian Job, which is like it's a fine movie, but he was in too many movies. So now I think he's picking quality over quantity, which I think is a good thing. I feel like most people today view him as the guy that Mark Ruffalo replaces the Hulk. And I think there's more to him than just that. I think he is a great actor. And Motherless Brooklyn is his return to directing. I mean, he directed Keeping the Faith, that silly comedy with Ben Stiller. I mean, that's an okay movie, but this is really more of a passion project, it feels like. And Ed Norton gives the best performance of the film by far. I mean, key to the character and the performance is that Lionel is a great detective, but no one looks at him as a threat because he has Tourette's. He's not smooth, he's flawed, he's overlooked, and he's loyal, so you root for him. And having Tourette's in the 1950s is not the same as having Tourette's today. I mean, nobody understood this guy had an issue that was explainable. They all thought he was crazy, he was insane, he was nuts. I think Norton here added something to the genre. I've become so used to watching Benedict Cumberbatch play Sherlock Holmes, and yeah, he's quirky and weird, but everyone knows he's a genius. This is a detective who is a genius, Lionel is a genius, but nobody views him as that because he has Tourette's. I mean, it's a new spin on the genre. I don't think I would have liked the movie as much if he was thought of as a reliable detective. No, this is like the backup guy. Bruce Willis plays the real detective, then he dies, and then Lionel basically fills in. It builds the movie. It makes the movie more entertaining and enjoyable. This character is proving he's a great detective for the first time ever. It's his big chance to solve the case. I mean, he's playing a detective who's not great at dealing with people because of his Tourette's. They all think he's crazy. In a weird way, it reminded me of the movie The Other Guys, directed by Adam McKay. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock play these two cops that are killed, and then the other guys... Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell have to solve the case. In the beginning, you are led to believe Bruce Willis is the great detective. He is then killed, and then Ed Norton has to be the guy who solves the case. I mean, that's comedy and this is genre, but I do see a parallel between both of those movies, and they're both great cop detective movies. 
The rest of the cast of Motherless Brooklyn is filled with a bunch of well-known names. I mean, you've got movie stars here. Bruce Willis, Leslie Mann, Bobby Cannavale. You've got a well-known supporting actors like Ethan Supley. But there are three performances in particular I thought were really great performances. You've got Willem Dafoe, who is great in almost everything. I mean, I've loved this guy since Spider-Man. I mean, last year was crazy for him. He's in The Lighthouse, and he's in Motherless Brooklyn. They cannot be more different movies. This guy has unbelievable range. And then you have Alec Baldwin, who's basically the villain of the movie. He also plays Willem Dafoe's brother. They have like a great scene together. And Baldwin's kind of become known as the funny guy in 30 Rock and Saturday Night Live, but I really like him in dramatic roles. He's a powerful presence and the perfect kind of guy to play the villain in a neo-noir film. And the confrontational scenes between Norton and Baldwin are maybe the best scenes in the movie. Baldwin's character is basically trying to buy off Lionel to get him off his case. The breakout star of this movie, however, is definitely Gaga Mbappé. I mean, she is fantastic in this film. You might know her from Beauty and the Beast. She has a small role in that. I think she is so good in this movie. She has an insane amount of chemistry with Ed Norton, and she's given a role that's basically the central plot of the film. I mean, other than Bruce Willis's character, she's the first character in the film that really understands Edward Norton's character and understands he's a good person who has a minor issue, and she gets over it so fast. I mean, that scene where she invites him to dance and she doesn't mind that he is dealing with his Tourette's. I mean, she doesn't understand the issue either, but she does understand he's a good person. The thing I like most about the character is it didn't feel like she was playing a damsel in distress. She was a main point of the plot to move the story forward. She was a fierce character who cared for Ed Norton's character. What makes Motherless Brooklyn a compelling movie is that even though it's set in 1950s New York, it's still about topics that we are dealing with today like gentrification, like race. And there's this idea that's asked in the movie, do we really know who's in charge of politics? Like the Alec Baldwin character is not a well-known person. He's just rich. It's like that golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. I mean, nobody in New York City understands how much power the Alec Baldwin has. I mean, I feel like that's a really legitimate thing that's happening in politics today. We don't know who's giving money for these campaigns. We don't know who the real power is. I mean, the presidents are just like figureheads now. The people in charge are like figureheads. And I feel like that's something that's still going on today. And it might have started back in 1950s New York, but I think it is still a prominent issue today. This idea is that not everyone that's wealthy and powerful are well-known figures that we know about. There are people in the shadows making the rules for all of us. And I think that idea in the film still holds true. I also just love the look of the film. I mean, it feels and looks like old-timey New York. I mean, my major issue with the movie is that it is a tad too long, but it does build up to this satisfying end. I just felt like watching it, you could feel this was a passion project for Ed Norton. I read that he was going to make this movie in 1999, and then he changed the structure. The movie was originally going to take place in the 90s. He changed it to the 50s because he thought that character would fit better in the that time period, that character would feel probably more misunderstood. I do believe that if the character was set in the 1990s and he had Tourette's, people would probably be more understanding towards the character. 
the movie is based off a book, so it's interesting that Ed Norton would change that much about it, but still keep what's the essence of the book going. I also think, though, that that's the point of making a book into a movie. Make it your own thing. Ed Norton was able to tell his story that he would want to tell in it. If he had just remade the book word for word, I don't really see the point of that. Yeah, that's fun to see what that movie, what that book would feel like as a movie. But, I mean, come on. He made it his own thing. It's not that much of a surprise to me that Motherless Brooklyn was not a financial hit. But I do think that over time, this film will have a greater impact. I think people will begin to understand what a fun, compelling watch that it is. I do feel, though, that it's not a movie for everyone. Like, I do feel like a lot of people will feel like Ed Norton is being a little bit self-indulgent with this film. But I also feel like after watching it, I want to see Ed Norton direct more movies because it felt like Norton really had a clear vision for what this movie was going to be. And again, it really worked for me. I really enjoyed this film. It has a great leading performance. All the supporting actors are on. I mean, even Leslie Mann's few scenes are really good. I also felt like every performance in Motherless Brooklyn felt in control. Nobody was playing over-the-top characters, even Willem Dafoe's character that could be played over-the-top. He kind of became sane at some point. Like Every character was just in control. Every performance was a similar tone, and every actor felt like they were in the same movie. Again, that's the key to a movie. This movie had a clear vision, and everyone felt like they were in the same movie. I definitely recommend you check out Motherless Brooklyn. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Hustler starring Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez. Here's a quick synopsis. Dorothy, a.k.a. Destiny, gets a job at Moves, a strip club, and teams with and befriends fellow stripper Ramona. And the two of them make a lot of money until the market crash of 2008. And in 2011, they reteam and form a group of strippers who drug and steal from their rich clients. Right off the bat, there that's a lot. And there is ways that this movie could be bad. But last year, this was a lot of people's breakout hit. I mean, so many people were demanding Jennifer Lopez get her first Oscar nomination. And I think that performance performance is phenomenal. I mean, we become so swept up in the fame of Jennifer Lopez that we almost forget that she is also a really good performer as an actress, not just a musician. I mean, over the past decade, you think about American Idol, that's what I think about her the most in, and you forget that she was kind of a movie star. I mean, I watched Selena in school, and even then I understood that that's a great performance, and then she's in Out of Sight with George Clooney, and you're like, she's a really phenomenal actress. And then she starts to do like the wedding planner and these romantic comedies that are really my cup of tea. And then you forget that she's a really good actress. And then Gizzly and the Jersey Girl happens and you start to believe that she's a bad actress, which she is not. And this movie definitely shows that she's not. I mean, Ramona is the perfect role for Jennifer Lopez to come back to prominence as an actress. She's not the lead of the movie. She's not trying to be likable. She is playing a character and not trying to be a movie star. And I 100% believe that she should have gotten an Oscar nomination. Not the win, but she should have been nominated. And I hope that she continues to play roles like this and, again, remind us how good of an actress she really is because she is really great in this movie. It's the best performance in this film. And then you also have Constance Wu. I mean, what a run Constance Wu is on. She is two for two with box office hits. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians was out of nowhere. You were like, who is that? 
she's phenomenal in Crazy Rich Asians along with Henry Golding and Aquafina. And now you have Hustlers, which is again another surprise hit. I find it interesting that I feel like some people have criticized her performance in both movies, and I feel like it's just hard to be the lead character because you've got to be consistent. I feel like the uh, she's going opposite the more colorful characters, like Jennifer Lopez as Ramona or Aquafina in Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, she's not the one who necessarily gets to play these fun characters. I mean, she's the lead. She has to carry these movies and interact with these interesting characters. I mean, in both movies, she's playing these normal people who are put in these insane situations, like finding out the person you are dating is crazy rich, or getting a new job at a strip club. I don't think Constance Wu gives the best performance of those two movies, but I think she is really good in both of them. I think she's really, I think she's better in Crazy Rich Asians, but I also think her performance in Hustlers is really compelling also. And it's also super impressive that she's been in two hit movies at the box office that aren't big time comic book movies they're not spy movies they're not action adventures one is based off a a novel crazy rich asians and the other one is based off like a new york times story hustlers i mean that's nuts that she hasn't been part of these big time properties but she's having huge financial success with the movies that she's choosing i mean everyone is seeing these movies a lot of people have seen crazy rich asians and a lot of people have seen hustlers and that's success in and of itself whether or not you believe she's the best part of those movies i think constance Wu is having a great deal of success as a leading actress right now then the rest of the supporting cast is filled with some really good actresses i mean i've always enjoyed the work of lily reinhardt i really liked her in riverdale she's also really good in this movie miss stevens alongside lily rabe and timothy chalamet i mean that was just a breakout role for me i was like who is that i'm compelled to watch anything that she's in then you have former Nickelodeon star Kiki Palmer, who is really good in this movie. She might be the funniest of all of the characters. She has some really hilarious moments. And then you have Julia Stiles, who's playing a reporter who's doing a story on the crimes committed by these strippers. I mean, she is really good in this movie. It's a smaller role, but come on, who doesn't enjoy the work of Julia Stiles? Ten Things I Hate About You is one of my all-time favorite films. The Prince in Me is also a decent watch, and then her work in the Bourne movies. She's also in Silver Linings Playbook in a small role. I mean, I really enjoy her work as an actress. The director of this film is Lorena Scafaria. She also wrote the script. I feel like Lorena explores the motivations of the characters and makes the audience wonder whether or not these people are bad people or are the circumstances that they are in what makes them bad people. I mean, Ramona and Destiny are desperate for cash because of their living situations. I mean, there's a scene where Constance Wu's character is basically telling the reporter, Julia Stiles' character, you cannot judge us because you were not in our situation. You probably went to school. You're probably a successful person. So you cannot understand why somebody would steal money from these people. This idea of who are you to judge me? You've had a better life than I have. You would never think about doing these things because of the life that you have lived. And the life that I have lived has gone me down this road of crime. What I also liked about the movie is that it's entertaining, but it doesn't glorify the crimes. Like even the characters 
characters that are committing them are kind of, they kind of know that this is cringy. Like the Lily Reinhardt characters really wants nothing to do with this, but she's again, desperate for money. So she of course does it, but she knows how cringeworthy these crimes are. I mean, a lot of people have made the comparisons to Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. Like, I don't understand that comparison at all. I feel like the characters in Hustlers are committing these crimes and they don't want to be. The characters in Goodfellas want to be powerful gangsters. The characters in Hustlers do not want to be strippers who steal from their clients, but they are in a desperate situation to do so. Like the Robert De Niro's Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci character in Goodfellas want to be committing crimes. The character in Hustlers do not want to be committing crimes. At least most of them. I think by the end of the movie, you start to wonder whether or not Ramona is addicted to getting away with it and getting these people's money. Like she's doing it for the thrill of it. I also think the film shows the good and the bad about the friendship between Ramona and Destiny. I mean, their friendship is complicated. After seeing this, some people will believe it was a real friendship and some people will believe it's fake, that Ramona is just using Destiny. I feel like the director, especially that last scene where the Julia Stiles character is like, you should really call up Ramona. I feel like that was a symbol of like, maybe their friendship was real, at least to the two of them. I think the friendship is real, but I think Ramona took it too far and could have gotten enough money. Like, they could have stopped at some point. Like, they just had to keep going because I feel like she was getting addicted to the thrill of stealing from these creepy Wall Street guys. I mean, she had basically convinced to Destiny that they were the heroes stealing from the villains. That was like a Robin Hood situation when in reality, they had almost become as big as villains as the creepy Wall Street guys they were stealing from. For me, the fact the fact that Hustlers was a breakout hit proves that reality can be just as compelling as blockbusters, superhero movies, thrillers. It can be just as compelling because this film is entertaining and it gives you a story that you should probably know and shows you these complicated characters that did something bad, but somehow you still feel bad for them because it's the kind of movie that reminds you we are humans, we are flawed, everything isn't black and white and good and evil. Like, I'm not ready to call the Destiny and Ramona characters as evil, vile humans. They were, of course, in desperate situations to become successful financially. They were mothers. They, again, Destiny was caring for her grandmother. I also think the movie shines a light on the flaws of that industry of being a stripper. Like, there's a weird power dynamic, and clearly, at some point, a stripper will want to change that dynamic and feel like they are the ones who have the power, and this is one where the Ramona character was really desperate to change that dynamic. That's how something like this could happen in real life. Like, I find it fascinating that these two types of characters in these movies both put each other inside this box. Box. Like the male Wall Street guys put all the strippers inside the same box and then the strippers put the Wall Street guys in the same box. They all view them as creeps. Like there's one scene where Destiny starts to realize that she is affecting the life of a real person with kids and a family and the Ramona character is like, what are you doing? This is the villain. We are the heroes. Neither side really viewed the other as actual human beings and it backfired on both of them. Them, basically. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie because at that moment, Destiny is realizing that she's ruining someone else's life the same way that her life was somewhat ruined. 
the movie really lets you decide for yourself. I mean, there are no heroes and villains in this one. You're obviously not rooting for the strippers by the end of the movie, but you do kind of care about them as human beings. Like, you understand the situation that Destiny is in, and you understand the situation that Ramona is in, and you feel bad for the both of them. I really enjoyed this movie, and again, I just really like that message of just because somebody does a really horrible thing does not necessarily mean they are a horrible human being. Like, I think that's something that we should continue to explore in movies, and I think this movie explores that idea brilliantly. Again, a powerful performance from Jennifer Lopez, a really good performance from Constance Wu, and a lot of really good supporting performances. I definitely recommend you check out Hustlers. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on the movies Motherless Brooklyn and Hustlers. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actor Guy Pierce in the movie Seaberg starring Kristen Stewart. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 